This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. All right, guys, good morning, everyone. My guest today is Fred Stephen Smith. He's the CEO and co-founder of Rainforest, which is a QA testing platform. We'll jump into it today. He spends all of his time driving the company to build a better, faster way to do QA while remaining a place that people love to work at. Since Rainforest's early days at Y Combinator in 2012, he's led the company through rapid growth, building not only a QA platform that leverages both crowdsourcing and machine learning to accelerate testing, but also a team across 16 countries on five different continents. We'll jump into how he manages that. He's originally from England, has an economics and politics degree from the University of Warwick. When not at Rainforest, he can be found in the natural forests of California, trying not to crash his dirt bike. Fred, are you ready to take us to the top? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) There's a lot packed in that. We'll break it all down in the next 10, 15 minutes or so. But for people that are not familiar with what QA even is, what is Rainforest QA and what do you do? Yeah, so we've built kind of like a uh, on-demand QA team, which scales up and down with the customer's needs. QA just stands for quality assurance. Quality assurance is just a weird word, a weird phrase that means finding bugs before your customers find them. So something that every software team has to do, basically. Yep. And are you tip? So we have a lot of these kind of listeners listening. A lot of CEOs pushing products on two week sprints, right? And they always add one or two days on the. You know, you know, they always try and end the sprint early by two days because they know that's what the testing time and and the quick edits will take. And it's kind of a crappy way to do it. But is that where you kind of fit into the system? Yeah, exactly. So so we built Rainforest because we saw that. The whole industry was moving to continuous delivery, but we didn't see a good way to have that kind of pre-production gate that was fast enough for continuous delivery. So yeah, Rainforest turnaround time is about 30 minutes. Most of our customers use us in the method you described, but rather than having to wait two days, um, they just see it as an automated part of their release, right? So Rainforest gets triggered by their CICD server usually. And is this... So uh, I want to understand how the tech works on your end. Is it, I mean, have you written code that auto tests if then statements kind of per each customer in terms of when they're pushing new stuff or do you have a human, it's humans? So it's, it's, it's what you would think of as human assisted AI. Um, So a way, a good metaphor is kind of Uber. Um, So when you're a customer of ours, you have a test suite. Typically customers have a couple hundred tests. You run your test suite. Uh, when you run it, we send a big swarm of humans at you, might be 500, might be 2,000 over the course of about 30 minutes, and they test all of those flows in parallel. And so it's basically like that AWS concept where you want 1,000 servers and then you want zero servers. You know what I mean? So you have this very spiky demand curve. Same on QA. Um, and then, exactly. 
And then we, um, on top of that, we, we're building a self-driving tester. So um, around a quarter of our, our results right now are being um, augmented with a robot tester alongside the human testers. And the plan for us over time, as you might imagine, is to phase more and more of our testing into this kind of self-driving robot tester. Yep. I want to drive more into where you see this industry going here uh, in a couple minutes. But first, tell us more about the backstory here. So it's 2012. Was that, was that launch date? Uh, no, 2012 was start date. We, uh, we, I, me and my co-founder are in America because of YC. Um, and we got into YC with a different idea. Halfway through YC, they told us, hey, stop working on this crap. What was the and, idea? <laughs> um, so the idea was notable for how bad the name was. Uh, the, the, the name was Cloud Radar, but without any vowels. If you remember, that was hit <laughs> back then. So it was pronounced by all of our batchmates as Cloud Radar. And, uh, <laughs> Paul Graham, who is the famous founder of YC, uh, announced on stage one week that we had the worst name ever to go through YC. So that was, but that was what we were notable for. Um, but it was spending analytics for AWS. So we've always been focused on the infrastructure side. Um, and when we pivoted, uh, yeah, we started working on Rainforest, and we just looked at what problem do most of our batchmates have, you know? And we just saw QA as this real big hole in building software that wasn't really being addressed by, as PG would say, smart hackers. Um, and so that's kind of where we started. And where, where I want to kind of understand where you were at in life at that point. So how old were you in 2012? Gosh, uh, so I'm 30 now. So in 2012, I was 25. Yeah. And yeah. so you were out of university. Was this your first kind of gig or had you worked in corporate and saved up a cushy salary so you could afford to take a risk? <laughs> Hell no, man. That's, <laughs> that's such a, uh, am I allowed to swear on this? Mm-hmm. That's such a bullshit narrative as well. Like all of my friends that told themselves that they were going to do that, they're still in those corporate jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, no, not at all. So I, I had a place on a large financial institution's graduate scheme after university. And a week before I was due to start, I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to do this. And I moved to Berlin with a friend. And we started a marketing agency. And so from the ages of like 21 to 25, I was just basically being scrappy, doing small business, making a, a bunch of money, having a bunch of fun, but realizing for me what, what I was kind of meant to do in life. And I realized that was scaling an organization very quickly to a large, you know, large revenue, large number of people. That's kind of what turns me on. That's what gets me excited. And, and that's why I kind of started doing, doing startups. And was your back really against the wall? I mean, in 2012, like how, I mean, how much cash, <laughs> how much cash did you have in your bank before you went all in on this thing? Negative cash. Really? Um, you did? You were in debt? Oh yeah. Hell how yeah, much? Uh, not that much. Okay. Well, notional debt of about 15k but that was all student loans i was right sitting at zero in my bank account yeah when we got when we got the invitation to come to the yc interview the yc interview is 10 minutes right and so you're flying like five thousand miles from london for 10 minutes and after that 10 minutes they'll, they'll kind of decide your fate you know so it, it was definitely the fact that that was kind of like we pulled together our last thousand dollars to buy those plane tickets me and my co-founder that was definitely part of what made it like we cannot fail we have to succeed here that's probably honestly, part of the process right they did it on purpose yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah for yeah. sure for sure and honestly the um the last time I, it's funny a friend asked me this the other day the last time i felt truly relaxed and at peace was the night that we got the phone call from yc that night saying you're in yc that's and amazing the next day they send an email with with the countdown to demo day, right? So the next day you get an email saying 101 days to demo day, and every morning at 6 a.m. you get that same email. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, so 
Um, now let's fast forward to kind of today. We didn't talk about this, but how do you make money? Uh, so we charge customers based on running tests. Um, customers enter into contracts with us and then, yeah, every is time they SAS run test, though, or is it project yeah. based? Yeah, it's SAS, yeah. It is SAS. Okay. So what's the, uh, I imagine you have many different cohorts, but what's the average customer paying you per month? Uh, per month, the average customer is paying us about seven and a half grand. Okay. And, and give me, and if someone listening right now says, I want to pay seven and a half grand to, to these guys, what are they getting for that? Is it a number of tests, number of seats, what? Yeah. So it's a number of tests executed. So for seven and a half grand, you could have about 150 tests um, and you could be continuously deploying every day. You could run those against three or four browsers or three or four different mobile devices. And that plan would kind of cover you for that. Okay, got it. And have obviously, well, at least I know you have the YC money, but have you raised additional capital? And if so, how much have you total raised? Yeah, so publicly today, we've raised $16 million so far. Yeah. Okay, you you on purpose said publicly. Did you do something like, I mean, like venture debt or something behind the scenes, or you're getting ready to potentially announce something? Uh, yeah, we're in the middle of our Series B fundraise right now. Got it, very cool. Okay, and then what's the team size today? We're about 80 folks. 80 folks all in San Fran, or uh, actually, I know that's not the case. You're based all over the world. How many countries? Uh, I don't know. You said it in the intro. Blog. Six, 16, <laughs> 16. 16. And, and so you how do you, have- yeah, how do you man? So, so actually tell me the story you told me right before you came. Are you, are you in your office right now or you're home? I'm at home. Yeah. And why? So about a third of our company is remote. Um, that's, that was kind of by design. We wanted to hire people remote and in person, we wanted to be remote first kind of culture. We just felt that, listen, it's 20, you know, at the time, 2012, now 2017, like, we need to be able to work from all over the world as a software company. And, you know, what we've started doing is one week per year, most of the company goes remote who usually work in San Francisco, all of the sales, marketing, product design folks, you know, they're all in the San Francisco office. So we will go remote to experience what it's like for the rest of our teammates for the rest of the year, you know? So that's just core when you have a culture where some segment is in an office, some segment is distributed, some segment is in another office, you have to continually work to bring these cultures back together as they, they diverge over time, you know, because the, the culture for the remote folks, the folks that live in Slack, that live in GitHub, you know, that all of the communication happens asynchronously and over text versus when you're in the office and you just get to see people by, by the face and all of that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is our remote week and I'm, I'm remote this week. You for just to sum that up, you force folks that are usually in the office to go remote so they can build an empathetic muscle for everyone else who is remote. Exactly right. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Talk to me about customer growth. So, I mean, how are you, how are you growing the company? What's a unique growth strategy you've used on this thing? Gosh, I mean, I don't think that we've done anything particularly interesting beyond just make sure that customers are really happy. Um, you know, I think that the YC strategy tends to be basically, uh, make a small number of customers insanely happy and then make a slightly larger group of customers insanely happy and go from there. Um, we've always focused on, you know, uh, MPS and revenue retention from each cohort. So that's really helped us. What cohorts are you tracking? Like what are the big ones? Um, so we divide, we spice and dice by obviously month and quarter that the, the account started with us and also by size of the company. Those are the two measured things measured by that, what employee count or revenue? Just employee count. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have, you know, we have some enterprise customers, you know, the, the kind of oracles of the world who have relatively small accounts with us. We have some startups that are our largest paying customers, you know, so it just kind of depends what role we play in their QA process. Yep. And to date, you know, five years after launch, how many paying customers are you working with now? 
about 150 paying customers. Yeah. Okay, 150. Okay, so this is this is very much a a high touch, high ARPU uh, kind of business, not not high volume, low ARPU. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely okay. right. Of the yeah, 80, you, go ahead. Just just going to say, usually customers think of us as a augmentation or replacement to hiring humans. You know, so that kind of puts you in the right mindset around how customers perceive our value, how they evaluate us, how, how much they feel comfortable paying us. You know? Yeah, no, that, that makes good sense. And, and I can probably, I think, put a minimum on this, but I'm taking 150 customers times that $7,500 monthly price point. Obviously, you have some higher, some lower, but you guys are, what, sitting somewhere around a million in MRR? Yeah. Is, is that generally fair? Generally fair. Generally fair. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Generally we fair. Crossed, let's put it like this. We crossed a very, very big revenue milestone about a month ago. Yeah. A, a million's a nice, a nice milestone, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really I, I, I'm trying to get this, uh, make him keep this big old grin on his face as long as I can. <laughs> All right, Adam, last few questions here because, um, you know, there are companies like constant contact, which I would say are kind of like fluffy duffy in terms of their, their, their their technical capabilities, right? And their churn is like crazy. And you kind of see with marketing and sales stack tools, churn is very different than when you're selling into a technical base. What are you guys seeing in terms of annual retention churn? Or sorry, sorry, I mean, annual retention churn, annual retention or annual churn on a logo basis and also on a revenue basis because you're selling into a different market, the technical market. Yeah, I mean, the numbers that we share there, you know, for... For most of our customers, there's a a lot of customers will do a 60-day um, initial trial, right? And so they'll pay us for that trial, and then at the end of that, they'll tell us whether they're in or out. And so our conversion rate of that trial is about 85%, and then the net revenue retention uh, on an annual basis is about 115 to 120%, depending on the cohorts. But I would say that's been one of the biggest struggles for us, you know, as a, as a SaaS business, um, selling mostly to startups and obviously now we're kind of scaling up market but the majority of our revenue base remains startups and you know startups are really churning most of our most of our customer churn actually stems from the the startup customer running out of money you know that's just a really frustrating dynamic you have to deal with and you expect to see one to two percent gross churn per month the good thing for us is that in terms of revenue or retail or logo well if you look at the SaaS comps that's kind of you know standard in smb for revenue Revenue churn, okay. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but when when you uh, we, ours is much lower than that now. We used to see that. Um, we've worked really hard on that, and that's all about building customer success and ROI into the sale, into the journey, into every quarterly review. You know, it's just being relentlessly focused on value and ROI because the customer's not going to do that work themselves. Um, we're lucky that we have a model that scales very nicely. So as the customer grows, they run more tests, they, they test more things. So, you know, we get good upsell and growth in accounts that offsets the, the SMB churn that we see. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to HostGator.com 
forward slash Nathan, but you got to do it now. Again, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. So just to be clear, it's accurate to say you have less than 2% logo churn per month at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Much okay. Less. And then when you give me the 115% revenue expansion year over year, I just want to be clear on that. If if customer X is paying you 10 grand in year one, you can very predictably assume they're going to go up to, you know, 11,500 in year two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On a, on a, on a net basis, right? So customer X might leave us after that, but another customer will expand sufficiently that that's the, that's the net. Yep. Makes good sense. Now, what about acquisition? Are you guys spending any money each month on paid channels? Of course. Yeah. Which ones are you most excited about? Where's most of that cash going? Excited is a different word, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) the most productive ones for us are um, advertising on, on other tech blogs, very old school, like banner ads, a bit of retargeting tech on it. And then honestly for us content, you know, this is a, this is education type sale, right? QA is something that everyone thinks they know. No one actually knows anything about. And so, you know, the way that we've positioned ourselves and what we've learned over the last five years puts us in a great place to really be the kind of thought leader in the space for, you know, the, the software executive that wants to move faster, feels that they're blocked by their QA process. They go Googling, end up at one of our white papers, one of our webinars. That's where we generate the vast majority of our leads today. And when you take your paid spend, like on ads, but also your kind of team dedicated to sales and marketing and lead generation, what would you say your fully weighted CAC is? Uh, so fully weighted and, and loaded by gross margin as well. Um, CAC payback is about nine months for us right now. Okay. Got it. And if people are paying 7,500 bucks a month, obviously that's, so you're spending up to maybe 60, 70 grand on acquisition. Yeah. Yeah. It, it depends. I mean, because now we have three segments, right? So that's across the whole thing and that's heavily skewed by enterprise segment, but yeah. You could basically uh, on an on an average, yeah. We obviously you see that you have a very different, <clears throat> very different economics on the small business versus an enterprise with ten thousand seats, right? Exactly. Yep. Very good. And then, what do you assume? Uh, last question here in economics before we wrap up. How long do you assume customers are staying with you that allow you to get comfortable with that initial CAC? Yeah. So, I mean, the we've worked off a five x LTV to CAC ratio. That's that's what we tend to see as kind of the bar. Um, we're lucky to work with, you know, some really good investors who have built some of the best and backed some of the best SaaS companies in history. So we have a pretty good sense of where we should be as we grow. Um, but yeah, 5X is kind of where we consider that LTV to CAC sweet spot to be right now. That's what we, we shoot for. That's where we are. Yeah. And, and just to make put numbers on that. So if you have 5X and CAC is 60 grand, lifetime value maybe is around 300 grand divided by 7,500 bucks a month is about a 40 month LTV. So between, you know, four-ish years, um, super healthy economics. Good stuff, man. Let's, uh, let's wrap up here, Adam, with the famous five number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, oh, business book? I don't know. I don't like business Any books. Any books. Sapiens is my favorite book. All right. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Not really. Okay. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Uh, definitely uh, Lattice by my friend Jack. Amazing, amazing software. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five. And uh, what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Single, very single. <laughs> very No kids that you know of, right? None that I know of. Yep. And how old are you, Adam? 30. All right. Last question. Take us back 10 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, uh, you know, it's, it's a uh, kind of corny advice, but it's, um, you know, the, the journey is the fun part. 
There you guys have it. The journey is the fun part from Adam. Joined YC back in 2012 with really the last dollars in his bank account funding that flight halfway around the world. His company now, Rainforest QA, growing fast, serving 150 customers, 16 million raised. Most importantly, they're growing revenue quickly. The average customer is paying 7,500 bucks a month. So they're somewhere around 1 million bucks in MRR uh, with their team of 80, totally remote all around the world. Again, serving a very interesting niche in the kind of technical and sprint planning cycle. Adam, thank you for taking us to the top. Sure, man. Uh, you, 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 you call me Adam as well. You'll have to sub those in. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Fred, why didn't you correct me? I'm so sorry. Adam, Adam is popping up as my next. <laughs> We're still live, by the way. So this I is going to be, I didn't realize this is going to be so funny. I, I'm, I so apologize, Fred, <laughs> Fred, thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> you, man.